Hello and welcome to Null Points. We are your hosts, Mark. And Stephen. And today we are joined by our very best friend in the entire world and special guest, Sean. Hello. Hi guys, how are you keeping? We're doing mighty fine, mighty fine. first show that we're recording after a short christmas break not only a christmas break mark false downtime well we also had a four people covid situation here so that was a uh, a fun alternative to christmas i must admit just to get that out of the way i i guess that must have been right there in the plans for christmas 2021 half the entire family it was definitely um right up there but you made it back in the studio Yes. COVID negative. So welcome back, Stephen. That's really Great. nice. Yeah. So on that, uh, I hope I hope Sean, you had a had a nice Christmas break. <laughs> a better one. Much more pleasant than catching COVID. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was very nice being able to get a lot of downtime from the screen, which has been good. Yeah, I've, I've I've got like these weekly reports from Apple where they tell you like how your screen time is, and my screen time was down, but I think it was down to only watching Netflix. So I don't know if that's a if it, an improvement overall, but I'll take it. I'll take it. So yeah, uh, Sean Lawrence, you are a passionate father, husband, gamer, and an imposter working in .NET, C Sharp, WPF, and Xamarin. I don't know about the imposter to be honest. I don't know. I've, I've got some hard evidence against that but anyhow and i think you love to tinker generating software and that sometimes even likes to disconnect from from computers so today i've also got the the news that you actually are a freshly minted microsoft mvp so congratulations sean on that one thank you very much yes email came through last night yeah congratulations very much welcome to the club i don't know should this one say that, Stephen? I, I still have to. I, I really don't know. I don't I've know. been for a few years, but I guess you should. Yeah, but welcome very much. So I first heard of you, Sean, when it was actually Gerald who approached us once. Uh, Stephen Amini said, hey, I got like, I know this guy from the UK and he's he's written this game and it's actually quite fun. And I got this link where you can check it out. And it, it was super word search. So... Uh, tell, tell us a bit more about it. I mean, I've been playing it off and on, and I'm having some fun with it. What what inspires you to get there? Uh, it, it was a project that actually dates back many, many years. Um, I've, just myself and a friend, we we tried to build it for iOS in Objective C, which um, I kind of regret. But um, <laughs> we, we uh, at the start of this year, we hit a lockdown, obviously with the pandemic. So um, hmm. we said, well, we've got so much free time. We're sat at home. We're going to be at our computers. Why don't we try and dust it off and see if we could recreate it? Um, it was that old that it, it Xcode was was rather unhappy with the code, um, and I think it was probably a good thing. So, um, given that I've spent the last few years in Xamarin, what Xamarin forms mainly, I thought I'd, I'd see what what we could achieve. So we 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 took the um, approach that he built the web end. I focused on the client side, and then tried I, th- I guess in the past we kind of we had an idea and we started trying to build the framework first and got to the point of trying to deal with the complex parts much later down the line and then life got in the way and that's why the objective c project kind of died off so we said well let's see if we can achieve these complex problems first um and it forced me to get some exposure to things like skier i uh, didn't even know lottie existed <laughs> prior to starting this project uh, and being able to tweak 
get the animations in and see what, see how shiny we could make it. Okay, that that sounds like a great way to spend your COVID downtime, I guess. Uh, thank you very much for spending it this way because I had quite a few fan hours. I hope, I don't know, minutes. I, I'll just go with minutes because it sounds less uh, yeah, sad. But yeah, uh, so super work search. Uh, we'll put a link into the show notes so people can check it out. And I've got it on iOS, but I guess since you've written it now with Saren Forms, it's also available for other platforms. It's available on Android as well, yes. Oh, cool. And it runs happily on the Mac if you're running an M1 chip now. Uh, I haven't upgraded yet. I'm still in discussions with my employer about upgrading my work machine. But yeah, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Who knows? I shouldn't have said that at the beginning of 2022. This is not a good (laughs) point to start. Anyway, anyway, so you you touched up on a few really interesting topics there. You said Skia Sharp. Now, Skia is a, as far as I understand, it's the runtime beneath uh, Google. So uh, the Google browser, Chrome, sorry about uh, and so it's it's the rendering engine, and I guess you can use that same rendering engine to render stuff in your app. Uh, yes, yeah. So um, I mean, we we really didn't use it for that much, but it was the kind of the complex drawing of the, the selection on the grid. Um, so yeah, I mean, like you say, it, it's it's built underneath Flutter. That's how they they render all of their their UI. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, some fine member of the community has ported it to, to C Sharp and Xamarin. So we took that, uh, and ultimately you can have a canvas that uh, someone can interact with, and based on that user interaction, you can then render things on screen. So you could give, I think, I guess the common scenario is you could implement like a drawing, a drawing app, so people could actually color, paint any kind of um, complex graphics through that based on uh, the canvas that you've got, and then you can apply paints to it and draw as much as you like. Like I say, we didn't do too much we, we used it for the the more complex um interactions where the finger actually was on the screen you, you don't get that good of feedback in terms of general forms itself um and then we used that to then also render the the graphics underneath because that was sharp and it allows you to do diagonals and the, the more complex parts that we wouldn't have been able to do with with Xamarin forms controls yeah and it's it's all vector based right so it, it should scale fairly nicely exactly yes i yeah. hope Yes, it, it did. Um, I, I mean, th- the bit that we tried to achieve, because I'm, I'm sure anyone that's dealt with Xamarin or mobile development is aware, is we tried to reduce the number of images that we actually used within our app, especially because so the, our grid, in, um, for example, is generated dynamically every time you load a level. So you'll never see the same word in the same place, reload the same level, but then it, it can scale as well. So some levels will be more complex, meaning you might have a t- 20 by 20 grid, I think the maximum might be 16, but then the simpler levels might be six by six. So putting images in there then actually makes it, um, you've either got to have a lot of images or you're going to deal with scaling issues. So yeah, and anything we could use, like you say, with um, vector-based graphics was was perfect. Yeah, and I think that that also impacts performance positively, right? I mean, it it loads pretty quickly and snappy and and it just just works, basically. I I was pleasantly surprised at how how well it worked. I mean, the, the skier implementation itself was probably well, it's a few lines of XAML, and then ultimately just how we how we deal with the the events coming back from the, the touch events. You you said a few bits there before, and maybe for people that uh, don't know Super Work Search, you might want to quickly check that out because then you will know why the finger dragging is so important. And um, it's it's actually in the name there, Work Search. So yeah, you search for words on the grid, 
and then you have to mark them with your finger. But you said so. So you went down the path of skier for for certain reasons. What, what are you? What would you recommend to your fellow mobile developers? When should they start checking out skier uh, versus like the vanilla Xamarin Forms stack? Uh, I mean, I guess it ultimately. <sighs> We, we could go into quite quite a bit of depth here, but um, I mean, ultimately, it depends on what problem you're trying to solve. Um, if you want to be able to draw things accurately on the screen, um, it certainly works well. If you want to deal with more complex interaction, then that that's that's a possibility. Um, although, obviously, the Xamarin Community Toolkit now offers a drawing view, so you can get some level of drawing out of the box without having to write any of that that logic. Um, I've read a few articles on. Some of the reasons why Flutter might actually give you better performance on the Android side, and that's actually based on not using any native Android UI. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it depends uh, how far you want to take it. Um, again, if you want to get a completely uh, common look and feel across the application, you could deal do that through Skia, mm-hmm. but you have to appreciate that you're 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 telling. The, the application to render it. So there, there probably is a bit more complexity in terms of actually drawing what you want on screen. Okay, okay. So that sounds that sounds like an interesting starting point. And what, how do you get started it? I mean, you said you this was like your first time that you really did any ski art. Are there any great resources out there that you can recommend, like standard documentations or? I don't know. I didn't stumble across that much, to be honest. Um, maybe they're, they're, that's a good place to actually start writing some. Um, <laughs> We, I went, we went through the documentation that's on Microsoft's site. That wasn't particularly helpful. Um, I think mostly I, I came across a couple of maybe Twitter or blog posts where people had suggested trying to achieve a, a similar task and then, I guess, translated that across to what we needed to do. Um, I'm not convinced. We, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't list off any, anything specific at the moment. I, I, I do remember that the, the, the documentation on the Microsoft site was quite difficult to follow my opinion yeah I, I get the feeling there's there's a lot of possibilities but before you actually find out how to do something it, it takes quite some time i must admit yeah i think uh, some of my problem was actually trying to actually understand what it was or how i wanted to achieve something um because another example of the other place where we use skier um there's a background rectangle on the grid where you so uh, one key difference to the game that's to a typical word search is you don't know the word that relates all of the words in the grid that you have to find you don't know that so the aim is you're supposed to find the words in the grid and then that will hopefully give you the answer as how they all relate together um that box at the bottom called it the category box so how they relate together uh the friend of mine uh designed this image to go in the background which is a slight there's a kind of like a slight blur to it um whenever we try to bring that image in we either either hit scaling issues or cropping issues or aspect issues um so we ultimately ended up achieving that applying some uh, noise filters through skier (laughs) now i didn't have a clue how to actually what i was looking for uh so I, i looked around i think i ultimately uh, founded on Stack Overflow, or at least asked a question on Stack Overflow to try and guide me there. When in doubt. Yep. When in doubt. Ask Stack Overflow. Yeah, but I think it's also quite challenging. I mean, even if you like, you know, like write a documentation for Ski, I mean, it sounds so so powerful. I mean, you can do so many things. I mean, the entire uh, application stack of Flutter relies on something like Ski. So I think it's like really hard to like get the right level. 
also don't like yeah and as you said i mean i would have had no idea what i'm looking for with that problem that you just described and it's, it's sometimes just like knowing the terms that you have to then enter into your favorite search engine so that you, you will get the answer that you're seeking i mean i i've been there i've done that now you, you didn't just say only uh name skia you also said there was another uh framework that you used lottie now i've heard lottie before i've never used it personally uh, i have heard good things about it but maybe sure what is lottie for for me uh so lottie is a framework that was originally built and open sourced by airbnb um that it effectively it allows you to go take a step sideways slightly um there's a, a program called adobe after effects that lets you design animations you can set up frames and you can ultimately uh, build some really quite complex and impressive animations in that. I think you can even do some levels of video editing. Um, ultimately, there is a plugin that's been built. I don't know if that's by Airbnb uh, called Body Moving that let, lets you export an animation you've designed within After Effects out to a JSON file, and then from that, that's where Airbnb at least designed Lottie, and that parses the JSON file uh, and translates it across to rendering those animations natively on the platform they're being rendered on. So there's a fair amount of support. I think it, it does the web. I think there are iOS and Xamarin specific libraries. Those, I think, believe those are supplied by Airbnb still. And then someone has built uh, a Xamarin Forms wrapper for that. So you can either do it in Xamarin Forms or the native Xamarin platforms. Um, and again, like I say, I, I hadn't heard of it, but a friend of mine stumbled across it. Uh, the guy building the web threw it into the website without thinking, well, can we do it in the, the client? Um, and <laughs> then, yeah, pleasantly surprised at what, what could be achieved. I, I don't think there's a one-to-one -one mapping in terms of functionality. I think the web can do more complex animations, um, whether that's coming or whether it starts to implement, uh, introduce too much performance overhead that they don't, I don't know. Um, but it doesn't cause any problems. You just get a something logged out in the debug window to tell you that it couldn't do certain things so it even tells you that if you're if you're debugging the application what it can't achieve yeah i think if you if you are working in after effects and you're you're exporting something specific it'll it'll indeed i think there's a list somewhere of what types of animations and types of keyframe magic you can do um so yeah i think that is actually indeed available and it's all free that's that's also quite surprising i guess that, that would have been my next question i mean adobe in my world i only know the expensive products but that sounds interesting free well after effects isn't free mark let's not Aww. let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> but uh yeah all the other stuff but the, the other bit that i hadn't realized well um on top of the library that provides you the, with these animations there's then uh, there's at least one site lottie files where people have pre-built animations and they either share them for free or, or share them for a, a relatively small cost. Okay, so that means even someone like me, who's terrible in design, there's a library out there that I can uh, I can look up. Uh, and even, there's even some free animations there, you said? Plenty, yes, yeah. Plenty, oh, nice. Um, I think we, we certainly use, we use one of them within our library, the little trophy animation when you complete a stage. Um, and then we, uh, my friend Joe, he built the other one. Uh, but yeah, um, Lottie Files is, is a very good resource to the point that even if you've found an animation that you like, um, but the color's not, color scheme's not right, there's even an inbuilt editor to the website, which is, again, entirely free that you can then go and change. 
colors and uh, it, I think you can change other th- parts of like the speed of parts of the animation and other elements. Yeah, you're you're basically editing a JSON file, so it it yeah it reads out a few properties that it knows of and, mm-hmm. and allows you to edit it on the fly, which is pretty nice. So, so so this this again boils down to my CSS skills. Find the color code in the CSS, change it. I can do that. I think I can even do that when it's JSON. So yeah, I think <laughs> I'll I'll have to definitely check this out at some point. Uh, is, there, is there anything like in, you said before, Skia super performance, is there like anything that you have to look out for when you're using Lottie or didn't you, was it just smooth sailing? Um, for, for what we did, I think it, it was it was okay. Um, th- there are some recommendations, at least on their GitHub repo, and I think most of them allude to not embedding images inside of it because um, obviously they're not scalable and images tend to not um, perform as well certainly on, on Android. So um, yeah, I, keeping color down, like too many colors and too many transitions between colors are probably uh, another thing to avoid. Um, but we certainly didn't notice any performance uh, issues on, on the, the animations that we rendered. And again, I mean, with the images, that is quite an important one in terms of scalability, because again, Lottie's vector-based, so you want to make it as scalable as possible and therefore avoid images if you can you, you can render shapes within it so you, you can in theory get quite close to any images that you wanted to put in place did you ever while building the app and, and obviously spending a lot of time on all the visuals did you ever get a feeling that you were overdoing it maybe just because i from from a graphical perspective i i like to dabble in that kind of stuff as well and at, at some point i have to stop myself from just wasting hour upon hour upon hour on tinkering in like the the smallest pixel that i think is off or something like did you ever get lost in that hole yeah i mean um i guess the graphical side and actually some level of functionality as well we got to the point of saying well we think this is probably a good first cut and then we both said well this might be quite nice to add in or maybe we'll change this so uh, it probably went on a bit longer than we'd hoped for it's a difficult one as well isn't it when it's something that is your own product as well. You want to make it as nice as you can to others. Um, but I guess actually another thing that we probably did do is because we, we, while we use Lottie, we also put native animations in as well. We may have got to the point where we may have animated too much and at least you get to the level of when you want to stop blocking the user. So you don't, because you obviously you want to retain the, the user. So therefore it's getting that balance right between showing them something pretty and but still letting them play the game, or at least skip through the animation. I, I remember I don't, I don't know anymore what it was, but I think it was like some version of macOS where they actually ever did it with the animation. I think there was like pretty quickly there was after the thread on the Twitter was, how can I turn off these animation things because I just want to get to what I want to do. So yeah, I guess I see myself falling down into that pitfall because. I mean, once you got the animations going, I can see myself getting addicted to this stuff because, it, I mean, it looks nice. Uh, like, uh, I, I just went onto the Lottie site and you got like these, uh, the play button, which then animates into a pause or a stop button. And then you can push again. It just, it looks like really nice. I don't know if you actually can see it when you got your finger over it, when you push it, but it looks nice. I get it. I get it. And uh, I can see why, why I would want to use it. That being said, I mean, you, you said it before, there's also animation in the Xamarin Forms and the .NET MAUI framework. So so what is like, when would I want to opt up my game to go for Lottie compared to the animations that I already get? You, you can build relatively complex animations within the 
native APIs. Um, performance might become a bit more of an overhead, certainly in terms of if you're animating too many controls, uh, and certainly on Android. The animations that we would apply with the natives ones were maybe just a little bounce on a control just to show you've touched it, or we wobble the words to show you you've got an incorrect guess, or you could um, grow them and shrink them to give a little kind of bounce success animation. Those are all uh, native and they're relatively straightforward to, to do. I guess the the next part would to be look at is how much code you'd have to write in order to achieve an animation because you can you effectively define uh, a duration of the animation and then where within that your where within that duration what's going to be applied so you can say well between zero and twenty percent change the value or change the scale of this thing from one hundred percent to two hundred percent so. You can you can quite easily run away with a large number of lines of code to achieve that. It's not necessarily a bad thing. You've got it all in one place and you can read it. But if you're going to start to deal with more complex animations with multiple controls, then that can start to become a bit more of a challenge. So maybe Lottie would be better in, in that regard. Yeah, it's just the, the, the lack of visual feedback that's been holding me back on that kind of stuff as well. It's like this a simple bounce or a simple like pulse or whatever. Yeah, sure. But something that moves along the screen or collapses in on itself or I don't know, like that kind of stuff that just it's it's too much tinkering in code to get it right, I suppose. I guess it that's is, where a, yeah. a visual editor helps. Yeah. You spend a lot of time rebuilding the application as well and waiting for that to run before you can test it. Yeah. So, so I guess it Definitely. will be interesting to see when the new Visual Studio, or like with .NET MAUI, where they got the hot, hot reload stuff, if that will be uh, helping us there uh, when we have to do some animation. Um, something that, to look out for, I guess. be nice to get a quick visual feedback, yes. Yeah. And I know like this is showing like my age, but I know like in WPF, there used to be a design tool on Windows where you could... Um, the name is just alluding me. Where you could actually also design those kind of animation things. I don't know if that's so still a thing that you can that you can use there in WPF. Uh, blend, yes, yeah. Blend mm. is still around, I believe. Um, I don't tend to use it that much. I'm, <laughs> I certainly with WPF, I at least got to the point of not tending to even use the designer because there was a period of time when it got to a point of um, being quite memory hungry. Um, okay. So ultimately, ended up just writing the XAML and sticking there and having an idea <laughs> have to open the application lots tweak it and then i think um in that regard there was actually there was another application that let you inspect it uh, snoop so it's a bit like the live visual tree that we, you now have within um within visual studio so you could tweak it there set the values and then translate it across does does the xaml oh so, so i must have i must have missed that part where blend started to go through the roof and and the previewer in general with WPF, um, but it's been a it's been a while since I've done any WPF work to be to be honest. I still I still I'm quite happy that I once learned it with WPF because Xamarin forms the Xaml concept is similar enough to to take with the, the benefits of learning it once. Now I guess like uh, when I when I first met Xamarin forms, I wrote I, I mostly write boring line of business applications blobs with uh, with Xamarin forms and. I must be, I must be honest. It never really occurred to me that you could actually write a a game with Xamarin Forms that would look good with like fancy animations and and all these nice little touches like growing and shrinking and the shaking words. So would you do that again? Would you write your your next app again using Xamarin Forms, or are you already in the lookout for something else? I did tease earlier in the year an idea of trying to take Xamarin Forms further. 
um but time has not allowed me to do too much on that um it's worked it's worked really well in terms of actually just building i mean the word search app is not that complex in terms of a game the mechanics are quite easy to to get your head around i think um i've always had this idea of uh a game where you've got a planet rotating and you're controlling either the ship or some kind of satellite protecting it um and you it's very simple you can either speed it up or slow it down based on uh tapping on the screen got a little bit of uh then it comes down to power management so you you gain power when you're in the vision of the sun and then when you're in the dark so you you don't so you have to kind of manage that kind of element i don't know how fun it will be um that's going to be the challenge um but that's what i wanted to try and do next within xamarin but that that would involve maybe more looking towards actually writing some level of game engine which seems like overkill um but i think i'll be doing it more for the journey rather than the outcome if that makes sense um, and I know uh, Matthew, the guy from, I think he works for Microsoft now, who maintains Skia, mm-hmm. he certainly built a Flappy Bird clone. So he's tried to build some level of game engine in that. I chatted to him a bit about maybe looking at parts of that and maybe seeing how whether that could translate across. But ultimately then it would be dealing with all more of the complex things about maybe collision detection and things like that when there is a vast number of game engines out there that would already do it. So I'm kind of in two minds as to whether I want to try and push Xamarin further and see if it's possible, or whether I just try and grab something like Unity. And Yeah, it's it's definitely a case of do you go for the jack-of-all-trades and try to push that to its limits or go for the spe- uh, specific purpose-built thing, mm-hmm. I guess. So I was wondering, um, with Maui coming up and, and Microsoft now doing its own drawing thingy with with maui.graphics have you considered porting it over to maui graphics or i've considered it yes <laughs> <laughs> not tried it um and then ran away <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so um i guess as part of this work i've tried to write a series of posts to show how some of the the things that we've achieved could be done in another application and i was going to start with that application and convert that across first now that doesn't actually require any. We didn't put skier in this this sample application. Couldn't think of a good way to apply that in terms of what this other game does. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I would like to be able to try and do it. I don't know if it's quite ready yet in terms of what's available. Because I guess the, yeah. other, the the next challenge is going to be the number of libraries that we would depend on having explicit support for it. Now, I think a large number are typically not ui related so we, we might be relatively safe in that front in that regard but it's more like the lottie um and other th- other things like the, the uh, plugin framework that we're using to render the overlays hmm. whether we can get those whether those will be up uh, ready yeah that surely will be an interesting time I mean, right now dotm is still in preview i think preview 11 is the uh current one um and i mean there will be the release candidates phase where i think it will be more stable and I think that's like the time when I personally would start to look into it like for a bit more serious stuff than just playing around and trying stuff out. But uh, I, I know that people, they have written Donnet Maui apps that are, I think, already in the store even, or they're like store ready. Uh, but I always get like the feeling like people, they they really like read what is what is available right now with .NET Maui. And then they uh, write, write an app that is... Um, not not uh, using any parts that are currently still in the making, but it's always a bit. I mean, when something is in preview, I mean, you should expect stuff to break. So yeah, don't, don't invest too much time. I 
guests to do to do that. Now, another thing that I've I've seen you talk at the Zarin Experts Day, probably the last Zarin Experts Day, because Dotnet Maui will be out by the next time it should it should uh, come to life. And you said uh, sometimes when when writing games, uh, speed of course is a general concern. And I guess that's also like one of the reasons why you sometimes don't have to break some clean architecture patterns. Uh, yes, so, um, uh, it, I guess w- we found some scenarios where we needed to just actually um, go direct and start um, kind of avoiding them because we, we typically built the application with MVVM architecture because that's what I do day to day. So that kind of feels natural. Um, so mostly tried to structure it around that, but we've found at some points when you're saying, well, we've got a load of level and then we've got to pass it across a load of string, a uh, load of characters to then render a grid. That wasn't necessarily the most efficient way of being able to achieve something like that. So being able to hook in earlier on and, uh, and actually render the, the things directly, that, that probably made more sense. Now, maybe taking a step back or maybe reviewing the code later on, we might decide, well, maybe actually there is a way to be able to get it in to fit in within that architecture within less time constraints because obviously we, we wanted to try and to ship this out to um, the stores as soon as we could so maybe well, so cutting corners um, it's trying to get towards actually having something releasable rather than architecting something that's perfect so we may have maybe spent more time just trying to get it there and that during our, our implementation phase that's that's where we seem to make or gain better performance but yeah I think I think um the, the majority of the application is, is still built with MVVM. Um, some levels of controls or screens didn't necessarily require a view model, so that's kind of skipped. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, some some levels around loading of the level and kind of rendering of the grid that that took a bit of um, re-engineering braille breaking that model. It's it's been my experience generally. Like yeah, you got like all these nice clean architecture patterns. And then when you come to the UI, you just cheat and just cheat as much as you like, because in the end, nobody really cares in the UI layer. I mean, that's just my job. I'm not saying you should write sloppy architecture or something. I'm sure that's not what you meant, Sean. But um, yeah, generally, I totally understand. I mean, I've, I've once written a, a app that was still for Windows 8, and it was very animation heavy. And so sometimes you just had to cheat a bit and you know, like uh, do do some stuff where you just think like, yeah, but this is not clean. You know, maybe I could do it. And it was just like the clean way was so slow. I just thought, well, it's at this one point. <laughs> you can even make it comments on top. And and I think I think we should be fine. Yeah, but uh, put a comment apologizing for it, and everything's yeah. fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, that's what comments were meant for, at least in my world. <clears throat> for me, it's still generally interesting that you can take a a framework like Xamarin Forms, which for me is like always the blob, the boring line of business application standard. And then, yeah, you can, you can actually write games, nice games with it. But I think that actually shows how powerful these things can be. I mean, someone sees something in a different way, like you, Sean, and then uh, shows me that there is so much more possible. Now, I said it at the beginning. When I read your bio, uh, there was this thing called nomading in open source software. And I just thought I, I would have to ask you, what what does that mean? Uh, so, I mean... As part of this this project, I kind of I've learned how much value was already provided by the community. I mean, uh, if you look at the acknowledgements on our site, we, we use a fair number of libraries to achieve what we have done, um, which has helped us keep our code fairly minimal. It's, we've barely had to write any platform-specific code, which is a bit that I'm particularly happy on. Um, 
so my plan was to start trying to give back to the community the providers of these these libraries so my thought being is i try and start giving back to not necessarily each of the libraries that we've consumed from but at least trying to help multiple projects and maybe try and because i guess during that conversation or during the um the project as well i had a chat with uh, was it dan siegel from prism and his mobile build tools um and a couple of other maintainers and it kind of you start to then appreciate how much time and effort they put in and how much i guess it's not they're not doing it for reward but you get a lot of people that want to take the value and not necessarily give back and that's i'd just like to be able to do my part and maybe start to help tip the balance in terms of everyone contributing to the community or at least more people i'd say that sounds great i mean <laughs> it's 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 a uh, it's a challenge very, time yeah time it's it's challenge definitely challenge, yeah. i mean coming from a, a place where i've maintained a library that i'm not really maintaining that much anymore um yeah it, i can imagine definitely that it's a challenge jeez yeah but i think it's a i think i mean beginning of the year you you always got these uh new year's resolutions so this could i think this sounds like a great new year's resolution if someone is still out there looking for one uh contributing back to open source software i know i put it every year on my list and at the end of the year i always look at it <laughs> how's that like, going could be better could be i mean I said last year, I'll say this year. This year could be the year, Stephen. It could be the year. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But I mean, that, that, that's part of the challenge, or part of the challenge is finding something that you could contribute to because you, then you've yeah. also got the the overhead of learning what that does because you're, you're using it because it provides value to you and it do, it solves a problem. Now you've got to understand what some, how someone else has solved that problem in order to be able to maybe help. Um, I mean, my first contribution was relatively simple. I added a property to a control. And that just, it was easy. Everyone was really friendly. And that, that gave me a positive experience in order to be able to um, to do more. Like, like I say, it's, it's difficult sometimes to find the right place to contribute, how to contribute as well. I mean, contributions don't just have to be code. You can, uh, documentation is, is always a sticky point. Uh, that, that's one that I'm actually trying to help on the Samarin community toolkit side at the moment. It's actually trying to bring some bits that are missing up to speed. Um, that, that works quite well because they're not adding new features so it's not having to to keep up with that um but yeah there, there are many ways to be able to contribute that's for sure that's that's a that's a true thing and i think there's always something to keep in mind and as you said i mean understanding something and then being able to bring that into text form that someone else will also be able to understand it quicker than you did uh that's that's not some small skill that you usually have to have to to do that and uh, with that, I think we're at the end of the show. So I, I always like to ask our guests, so what, what's next for you? And where, and where can our listeners find you on the interwebs? Uh, so I'm only really on Twitter. It's at Bidgington, B-I-J-I-N-G-T-O-N. Um, where next is a very good question. Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily out of crossroads, but I'm, I'm, I've started to go through experience try to experience different elements of the development side of things so um i very much enjoy the coding part but i've started to realize how rewarding it could be to help others so um exploring levels of that so whether it's open source contribution or trying to do some level of mentoring um i'm trying to focus on those areas and then maybe start to see what i think is going to be a best fit for me um i certainly wouldn't want to stop coding that's for sure but maybe if i 
find a, a better focus elsewhere and help others. Plus, I need to ride game. Another one. <laughs> well, I still got I still got a few levels ahead of me, so you won't get any pressure from me anytime soon. But yeah, um, th- thank you very much for for coming onto our show, and I think that wraps it. Um, with yeah, you, Sean. Uh, how to write? Zarin forms up that pot with Skia, Lottie, and, and general animations and some hints and tips on how you, dear listener, might uh, do the same in the app that you're writing right now. We have been your hosts, Mark Alibone, Stephen Davison, and our dear guest, Sean Lawrence. Thank you, dear listener, and let us know what are your opinions on writing Xamarin forms with Skia, Lottie, or animations on Twitter at Nullpoint.io. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Stay safe, and until next time, on Nullpoint.io.